Hello, and welcome to A History of Japan. Season 6, Episode 23, The Beautiful and Deadly Tomoe Gozen. Bonus Episode. If you have listened to this podcast's earlier seasons, then you know that matriarchal elements have been present in Japanese culture since ancient times. Husbands quite literally joined the families of their wives. The power of the Fujiwara dictators, whom we followed at the beginning of this season, were absolutely dependent upon marrying their daughters to the Tenno. Some of the most powerful and effective sovereigns during the Nara period were women. The mythological account of the Nihon Shoki and the Chinese historical record called the Gishi Wajinden both testify to the presence of powerful female rulers like the mighty conqueror Empress Jinggu and the influential Queen Himiko, the shaman. Whenever I have had you imagine a samurai army, you have probably pictured the warriors as men, and I confess that when I imagine such an army, I generally picture the same thing. This is also often true of how we picture the fighters and rulers of other cultures of long ago. However, it is a mistake to automatically assume that warfare, martial skill, and fighting were purely masculine spheres. World history is full of examples of fighting women, like the Danish shield maidens who fought alongside men who went a-viking around England and beyond. Queen Boudicca of the Iseni and Princess Gwentlian of Wales are good examples of women actually commanding armies, and historically speaking, it is clear that women worldwide have actively participated in combat and in other fields often believed to have been restricted to men, and that they have even excelled in those spaces. During the Genpei War, Women were absolutely part of the fighting force on one or, more likely, both sides throughout the conflict. How much of any given samurai army was made up of women fighters? I have no idea. Scholars have no consensus regarding percentages, nor concerning whether they were vanguard, support, auxiliary troops, or some combination thereof, when they did compose a part of the samurai army but we do know with certainty that they existed. Some of those samurai who fought, bled, and even died on behalf of the Taira and Minamoto clans were women. This is a fact, not a revision. We have actually already encountered a woman who will become one of the most influential members of government during the Kamakura period. The woman I am speaking of is named Hojo Masako, and the influence she wielded would far outstrip and outlive her husband, Minamoto Yoritomo, as well as many of her sons who were, at least on paper, the most powerful leaders in Japan. We will cover Hojo Masako in much greater detail next season, but for now let's focus on a samurai woman who was reputed to be both beautiful and lethal. The name Tomoe Gozen is part name, part title. Gozen was an honorific that is roughly translated to lady, making her Lady Tomoe. The sources display some conflict over basic facts like who she was, where she came from, and even the exact nature of her relationship to Kiso Yoshinaka. I'll do my best to reconstruct the most likely answers to these questions. 
The most generally accepted version of Tomoe Gozen's origins are that she was the daughter of Nakahara Kaneto, an influential samurai of Shinano province whose family was headquartered in the Kiso Mountains. Her brother was Imai Kanehira, who became the lifelong confidant and retainer of Kiso Yoshinaka. The young Minamoto arrived in the Kiso Mountains shortly after his father Minamoto Yoshitaka was killed in a local dispute in Musashi province. The Nakahara clan treated Yoshinaka as a son and sibling, and Tomoe Gozen became his wife. Something which is frequently mentioned in the sources apart from her martial prowess was her beauty. Specifically, the tale of the Heike claims that she had long black hair, a lovely face, a fair complexion, and was an absolute nightmare to face on the battlefield. Deadly with both the bow and the blade, she was said to be a match for a thousand warriors. She also had a talent for taming wild horses, a task which requires great strength of will as well as tremendous courage considering the danger involved. It is possible, and in my opinion it is likely, that Tomoe Gozen was trained in martial skills along with her brothers and Yoshinaka as they grew up together. If true, this would be a very unusual upbringing for a young Japanese woman of the time, but the people of the Kanto did not generally follow the conventions of Western Japan, and this could account for such an unorthodox adolescence. I'll admit that I'm speculating somewhat here, but the kind of martial skills at which the sources claim she was a master require years of disciplined training. She came west with her husband Kiso Yoshinaka and her brother Imai Kanehira, and not only participated in battle, but commanded a division of warriors and led them against the Taira enemy. In one incident, the sources claimed that she achieved a victory with her 300-strong division against a Tyra column of 2,000. It is generally accepted practice to divide these exaggerated figures by 10 to arrive at something closer to the truth. Still, using 30 warriors to defeat 200 must have involved a practical knowledge of tactical strategy, as well as respect and trust from those under her command. The longest account we have of Tomoe Gozen's time on the battlefield comes from the tale of the Heike. Unfortunately, this after-action report is primarily centered around the Battle of Awazu, where Minamoto Yoshinaka made his last stand, which would be the last time she fought in battle. However, thanks to the book's focus on the reputation and fame of the warriors who participated in these battles, we can extrapolate quite a bit. One passage reads, Many times she had taken the field armed at all points and won matchless renown in encounters with the bravest captains. While some interpret this as meaning that she held command and won battles against other warband leaders, could it be that she, like other noble samurai leaders, engaged in honorable single combat duels? Although I find the idea intriguing, I will admit that it seems unlikely. While the samurai of the late Heian period were much more open to the concept of a woman samurai than later generations would be, there still existed some prejudice against women in general. According to the tale of the Heike, 
Kiso Yoshinaka himself was not free from such misogyny, for when it became clear that he was soon going to be killed in combat, he turned to Tomoe Gozen and said, As you are a woman, it were better that you now make your escape. I have made up my mind to die, either by the hand of the enemy or by mine own, and how would Yoshinaka be shamed if in his last fight he died with a woman? While this text does not completely negate the possibility of Tomoe Gozen's participation in single combat, it certainly calls the idea into question. There is an apocryphal story of Alexander the Great where he was asked if he would enter the Olympic Games as a runner. He replied that of course he would, if his competitors were fellow kings. While the samurai concept of honor during the late Heian should not be understood as the same as Alexander's, the similarity is worth noting. The reason that samurai would call out their ancestors as part of their challenge was to find a worthy opponent whose pedigree was on equal standing. A warrior whose father had been a humble farmer of no repute and no noble family connection would be considered impertinent if he tried to challenge another who was a direct descendant of Emperor Kamu. He might, however, kill that royal descendant on the battlefield once the fighting commenced in earnest and win himself a considerable reward for the man's noble head. Thus, while we cannot be certain whether or not Tomoe Gozen participated in pre-battle single-combat duels, it is probably safest for now to assume that she did not. The Kanto branch of the Nakahara clan may have possessed some famous pedigree, but I don't think that any amount of impressive ancestors would have overcome, in the minds of her haughty samurai opponents, the fact that she was a woman. There are some historians who also write off her entire career as a leader of battle as literary fiction on the part of the tale of the Heike's author, but I see no reason to disbelieve the Heike Monogatari in this regard. You might be expecting Tomoe Gozen's life to end tragically in the closing phases of the Battle of Awazu, and if we can indeed trust the tale of the Heike, it seems that a noble battlefield death was what she expected for herself as well. After Yoshinaka sent her away so that he wouldn't be shamed by dying near a woman, she is recorded as saying, Ah, for some bold warrior to match with that Kiso might see how fine a death I can die. Her wish was soon granted as Honda Moroshige of Musash province approached the tiny band of final survivors with 30 samurai under his command. In the passage that follows, we see a rare glimpse not only at the brutality of samurai warfare, but the ferocity of Tomoe Gozen herself. According to the tale of the Heike, Tomoe Gozen charged straight for the warband and then flung herself upon Honda and grappling with him, dragged him from his horse, pressed him calmly against the pommel of her saddle, and cut off his head. While she did not succeed in dying a valiant death on the battlefield, she certainly cemented her reputation in history as a fearsome warrior. In another account of her fighting skills, two of Minamoto Yoshitsune's samurai, Uchida Ieyoshi and Hatakayama Shigetada, tried to capture her as she attempted to flee the battlefield. Being in front of her, they charged for her with their weapons drawn, but Tomoe Gozen once more proved herself the equal of the greatest warriors of her day, when she drew her Tachi sword and killed Uchida Ieyoshi. 
She left Hatakayama Shigetara behind and was close to finalizing her escape when she was confronted by a retainer of Minamoto Yoritomo named Wada Yoshimori, who was fighting alongside Noriyori. Tomoe Gozen tried to evade him, but Wada Yoshimori caught up with her and tried to deal a non-lethal blow with a pine branch which he was using as a club. The sources say that Tomoe Gozen caught the pine club with her hands and then twisted it in half like a brittle twig. Yoshimori subdued her in the end, however, and took her into custody as his prisoner. In popular depictions, she is frequently portrayed wearing oyoroi armor, but generally her head is uncovered so that her beautiful flowing hair and lovely face can be seen. Often she is depicted wielding a naginata, and her duels with Honda Moroshige and Uchida Ieyoshi are popular subjects for grisly screen paintings and other renditions. In modern times, she has been the subject of fantasy novels, television shows, video games, and is one of many historical figures featured in the Heian Shrine's Jidai Matsuri, or Festival of the Ages, in which reenactors dress as famous people from every age in Japanese history. The festival takes place in Kyoto on October 22nd, if you would like to see it for yourself someday. Being a prisoner of the Wada clan was not the end of Tomoe Gozen's story, however. Wada Yoshimori had made her one of his wives, and she even bore him a son named Asahina Yoshihide. Such was the strength of Tomoe Gozen's reputation that her son Yoshihide was made into something of a legendary figure in theater and popular art, as he was said to have superpowers which he inherited from his mom. Well, Yoshihide, congratulations on having such a fabulous mother. This will not be the last time we discuss the Wada family, as they will take part in some fairly important events in the Kamakura period to come. As for Tomoe Gozen, she would eventually become a nun and live to the impressively old age of 91. Next time, we will leave warfare aside for the moment and explore selections of the romantic Heian period classic, The Tale of Genji. Until then, thank you for listening. If you would like access to exclusive bonus episodes, as well as ad-free versions of the regular episodes, please consider supporting this podcast at patreon.com slash ahistoryofjapan. 